ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 135 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. I'm your host tonight, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Scott is experiencing some fun weather. Power outages will be here whenever he can be. I'm sure he'll jump in when he can, but that's okay. Even if he doesn't join right away, I've got a great guest with us this week. The one and only Jorge Martin. How are you, Jorge? Uh, I'm good. I'm good, man. Amigo, thank you for having me. It's uh, almost coast to coast, uh, Midwest to California. It's always a good time. Yeah, we'll take it. It's pretty close. I know way out there on the West Coast. I know I got to meet you at the Expo last year, which was phenomenal. I've uh, been on a few different podcasts with you. And I know I always want to ask people too, like, you know, are you going to the Expo again this year? Is that on your plans to make the trip again? Oh, yeah. I, I just I had such a good time. I mean, just seeing oh, yeah. everybody, everybody like in, our, in chat groups or on Twitter that, you know, that I've or that I've been on guests with or I've had them as guests, seeing it come to life, being able to see them, hug them and everything. It's fantastic i just i, I was just on a uh, uh i was just on bob lung's show the other day oh, yeah we just talk, we were talking about that and that that's actually he released that today and uh i couldn't i couldn't say enough great things about the expo just oh just such a good time such yeah. a good time and th- and now it's like i got the lay of the line land now it's like okay let's just hit the ground running there's no just uh you know getting acclimated or anything like that it's just let's go let's make it happen Completely agree. Yeah. My first year was a little, what am I getting into? Uh, and, and again, it was like, what am I doing? And then last year was even better, but it is kind of strange, you know, meeting your internet friends, right? Like meeting all these people that you've inter- interacted with and talked to and had podcasts with. And I feel like I know all these people, but we don't know anybody until we get there in person and start to see each other in kind of our best and worst lights and like get to have good conversations in person. So I, again, kind of getting in the weeds, but anyone who's on the fence, come hang out. It'll be great. I love the idea of a podcast at the expo, perhaps. I always want to try to see if we can pull that off this year. So maybe we'll try that. It's hard to say for sure. Uh, I know some of us uh, got a house at this time. I stayed at the hotel the last two years. I wanted to try something different. So I'm staying with some friends at, a, at an Airbnb this time around just to kind of get that exposure to it and try that angle on it. But yeah, and like I said, anyone listening, please come hang out with us. Obviously, Jorge and I will be there along with many others. But before we get too far into this, Jorge, where can people find you? What kind of stuff are you up to these days? And uh, I guess, where do people maybe know you from? Uh, well, uh, you can find me primarily at Jorge Martin 17 on uh, Twitter. And uh, that's where I'm, that's where I m- push out a lot of my content and everything. Content kind of started with uh, Familia FFB. That's where I kind of jumped into this whole fantasy space. Did it three years ago on Cinco de Mayo of all things. And of course. Uh, did, yeah, exactly. They planned it out perfectly. It was right after the NFL draft. And I uh, just fell in love with this. Uh, it's I, I call 
Familia FFB Fantasy Football con sabor latino with a little Latin flavor. Um, mm. It's uh, yeah, exactly. It's everything sounds like better it. in Spanish. So it so does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mix it. It's uh, as I was talking to somebody today. It's 98 percent English. The the two percent of Spanish everybody got in ninth grade when they were in high school. So uh, nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. But no, it's just been uh, it's been awesome to be a part of that part of this community and just really be able to kind of grow as an analyst learn more from other people we for sure um you know we, we uh, oh that we joined youtube not too long ago and uh i think we're yeah i think we're on season three well we're season technically season four of doing this uh and um but we're actually going to, but uh, this is going to be season three uh, or year three that we're doing that, that we're on YouTube. So please give us a like and subscribe. We're looking to grow the community and grow our familia community, but it's a year round podcast. And just recently added a, a little bit of an uh, interesting wrinkle uh, friend, a friend of both our shows, Chris Allen. He started a group called the cookout, which is just a, oh, perfect. Kind of a yeah, it's a collection of all, all all sorts of minority content creators in the fantasy space. And it's really just to boost everybody up and get everybody, you know, get everybody, uh, help people grow in, in the space. Some people who are doing it, like, I mean, Chris is established. He's doing as much as he wants right now. He's obviously got a day job that's much more important than fantasy football. Um, but yes. he's he's helping other people grow. Uh, and we just started uh, a podcast series called The Cookout Chat. And uh, for also friends of ours, Troy King and Laquan Jones were the first uh, first people. And it's just people talking about uh, short podcasts, topping out about 30 minutes and uh, just a conversation about growing in the space, what it's like to be a minority content creator, kind of, you know, kind of, I think a lot of people have fought through being the first one uh, mm. or being the only person in a chat and what, uh, what, you know, what, how different that is. I think pe people have been able to fight through that and uh, just kind of normalize it a little bit. And that's just, what we want to do. And, and uh, I think we all, I, and I think the great thing, and just from the first episode coming out, you can see that uh, how accepting everybody is. And it's something that we saw at that I've seen on people's podcasts. I've seen on, uh, I saw very much at the, um, at the expo last year, I was at FSGA in Vegas recently and oh, nice. uh, definitely saw that. I mean, just people want, people are like, look, you know what? We want to see this space get better, grow more. The audience grows more. It be, we become better as a community, as an industry. And heck, you know what? As long as everybody sees somebody that, that looks like them, talks like them, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's special. So that's why I threw out the Spanglish thing and, uh, every once in a while, but you know what, honestly, as much, as much Spanglish as I throw out, I really talk a lot more about food. So, <laughs> you know, food and some cultural references here and there, but, uh, yeah, Mexican food talk always has to happen on the show. Oh, and I'm sure there's some spicy takes there, you know, quite oh, literally. Nice. I love me some good spicy Mexican food. <laughs> well, and I, I appreciate that. I think that's a terrific idea, getting more of those voices that may not get heard as often, kind of boosting that. That's a genius idea. Uh, of course, something Chris would do. Chris has been on the podcast. We're a big fan of having different voices on the show as well, as you may have heard or may have seen as a fan of the oh, show. Yeah. Uh, we don't really stick to any one bucket. We try to give as many people a chance to, to voice what they have to voice and to give their opinion on things. 
Uh, the one thing I love about being a junkie is there's no right way to get addicted, right? Like everybody is addicted to the same game and all have their own versions of being a junkie and crazy addict in this way. And obviously a lot of that is tongue in cheek, but it's also still the, just kind of the idea that we're all in this together, right? We're all kind of on the same craziness and all the same page of just being a fan of the sport. And there is no right or wrong way to do it. And I think that's what makes it so much fun. And, and that's why I'm really glad that you're able to come on this week and kind of give us some of your opinions, your perspectives. Uh, the, the main reason, one of the reasons, I guess, I wanted to bring you on was you are a West Coaster. And I know yes. you're a big fan of West Coast teams. You're, you follow baseball. You follow all these other sports and all these other leagues and all these other things. And I was like, well, who do we get for the AFC West? Who else but Jorge? I have to have Jorge. <laughs> so this was a perfect mix in my mind. I was like, well, this is great. He knows more than I do on a lot of things, especially West Coast teams. So I'm looking forward to hearing your viewpoint on this. And with that, we'll get into our main topic, which is the AFC West breakdown. Uh, we've been doing this series now for, I think this is the eighth week. This is the final show of our series. Uh, and really, it's just a way to try to talk about everybody, try to talk about every player that we can, uh, fantasy relevance and otherwise. Uh, there's a lot of players that are changing teams or maybe leaving teams or what have you. We're not into free agency yet. That technically opens up next week. We'll be doing our rookie shows after this. But we just felt like this would be a good way to kind of cover everything before the draft that you might need to know. Um, and I think with the AFC West, like we were saying before the show even started, there's a lot of meat on the bone here. There's a lot of fun teams in the AFC West. It is, I really want to say we saved the best for last. I think it's pretty clear. So we'll start with some buy, sells, and holds from each of these teams. Uh, we're going to start off with the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, the top of the division, not a shocker. They won the Super Bowl, so it's not <laughs> shocking that they're the best in the West. Uh, top fantasy players, as we've been doing recently anyway, ranked by cap hit, which I think is a terrific format for this. Thank you, Scott, for that one. First on the list, of course, Pat Mahomes, quarterback, most expensive player on the Chiefs. Next, uh, Travis Kelsey at tight end, wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling, running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, wide receiver Kadarius Tony, wide receiver Sky Moore, tight end Noah Gray, and I put in there running back Isaiah Pacheco. I think there is still a chance Pacheco has a, has a place on this team. But the notable free agents, this is where it gets fun too. Wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, Nicole Hardman, uh, running back Jarek McKinnon, who was a stud this year. Uh, wide receiver Justin Watson, kind of a rookie and younger player. And again, kind of to troll in a sense. Running back Ronald Jones for our friend Herms, who's a huge Ronald Jones fan. Uh, Rojo for life, if you're listening, Herms. Uh, Rojo, still possible. Anyway, uh, that's a lot of players. That's a lot of possible fantasy-relevant type of players. I, I want to start with the buys. Is there anyone on this team that you're kind of actively pursuing in Dynasty that you feel like you can get at a good discount right now? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm kind of buying Sky more a little bit. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I'm call me a little bit crazy. I was kind of a Sky more apologist this year. So, you know, full disclosure. But I'm, I I look at guys going into that second year and uh, – and I, one thing that re, that really stuck out to me a couple of times, and it's on the the Travis the Kelsey brothers podcast. They had mm. tra, Pat Mahomes on probably like early November. It was a great episode. Two times on that episode, they were talking about Sky Moore, just throwing roses at him, so, talking about his his great work ethic, and it just has me thinking. Okay, you know what? Give him a, give him a regular off season. More time going to the ranch with with Mahomes, getting get, yeah. getting a little extra throwing sessions in there. If if Juju walks, Miko Miko walks, 
you know, maybe it's, it's basically the two of them, you know, him and Kadarius Tony. And if Tony can figure out how to keep his hamstrings healthy, he's a buy, <laughs> but I really, and, and that was one thing before the season, I looked at, uh, I, I do a, I do a, a beat writer insider series with a writer, podcaster, an insider with every NFL team. Right. And uh, and Joshua Briscoe from Sports Illustrated and one of their local radio stations, uh, he was talking about how hard Andy Reid's offense is, is to pick up for rookie wide receivers. So he kept saying, look, Sky Moore, if he breaks out, it's going to be in the second half of the season. So I like he's he's the guy that I think I think can be had. And, uh, you know. It's not quite Gabe Davis going for four touchdowns in in a playoff game in twenty you know in the 2021-2022 playoffs, but Sky Moore scoring a touchdown, even though it was a broken play, as we all know now. Uh, but Sky Moore still coming through, scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Who knows? Maybe it could be the start of a damn busting for the kid. Doesn't hurt, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, again, everybody knows his name. Everybody watched that game. I mean, whether it was a broken play or not, the name still got recorded as a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I mean, I personally, I don't think he did anything miraculous to earn that touchdown, but there are definitely people out there that will give him some credit for that. And rightfully so. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve any, but it wasn't like it was a, you know, crazy performance where he broke off something crazy or like got behind the defense. Like it, it was a broken play and the Eagles definitely, you know, kind of gave him one there. The, the piece I wanted to get into a little bit here was, and this is from uh, DLF, their, their dynasty startup ADP from February. They're currently doing the March ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, February has Kadarius Tony at wide receiver 50 and more at wide receiver 57. Now, I mean, if you're looking at a buy, I love buying the cheaper one every time. I mean, if you can get a, a, the same guy or equal close enough, whatever, for the lower price, always the way to go. And then just for the sake of, I don't know, comparison or value sake, uh, people going around Sky Moore, just below him, we got Jamal Williams, Dawson Knox, Romeo Dubs. I'll take more over all those guys right now. I think that's a fine spot to be. Uh, and again, just mm-hmm. around the Kadarius Tony angle, you've got uh, Tyler Algier, Jacoby Myers, Khalil Herbert, Gabe Davis right up there, speaking of Gabe Davis. So there's some of those players. It's all kind of in that who knows anyone could be great range. I think that's a terrific answer. My answer was going to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I just feel like, again, so cheap right now. Nobody thinks he's going to be worth anything. There's a chance the team trades him or, you know, cuts him and he gets signed somewhere else. We don't know. But at that value, I mean, again, there's a chance. And I've said this before, but it's weird to me. I'll just say it again. There's a chance that the team cuts him and he goes to play for the Bengals and lines up again with Burrow and Chase and that LSU team that dominated. Maybe that's what Clyde Edwards Hilaire needs. I don't think Mixon's the guy for the Bengals this year as much as, He's done some things off the field, and I'm not yeah. going to get into that, but none of that ended up being really that affecting of him and his persona. Obviously, he wasn't even at the house for this last situation. Um, but again, it's just there's enough there's enough there that I think a lot of the public is kind of soured. On the field, Mixon hasn't been that dominant. And if we can get someone like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire in, in Cincinnati, I think that could change it, maybe change his fortune. So he's someone I'm buying if I can get him dirt cheap. Again, it always depends on value, but most of the people that have Clyde Edwards Hilaire are probably done with him. So I feel like you can get him for even cheaper than Sky Moore, right? Like he's going to be like bottom of the barrel running back. I think he's like, I just saw him in his year a second ago. Uh, running back 58. That's pretty low. That's way lower yeah. than any of those receivers. I mean, we're at that range. You're talking about Jawan Johnson, Jarek McKinnon, like we talked about, Zay Jones, like. All of those guys are just roster cloggers on a lot of teams. You can get him for a third or fourth, I guarantee it. 
So again, for price sake, I love buying cheap guys. Is there anyone on the Chiefs on the opposite end of that that you feel like is at their peak and you might be selling? Pacheco. Pacheco's not I, a bad I, answer. Yeah. I think Pacheco is uh, his his hype is a little is after after him scoring a touchdown, having that late run, and kind of showcasing himself during the playoffs. If I have Pacheco, I'm going to see what I can get for him, uh, especially now before the draft or free agency. Um, I I think he's always going to be that guy who gets uh, gets you a lot of yards, and someone else kind of you know, cashes it in. Uh, Mahomes is Mahomes. You know, he's going to score touchdowns, however it happens. Um, but I, I, I just think, I just think Pacheco, I, w- I want to get what I, I, I think someone's going to be overly excited for him. And uh, I could see a Jarek McKinnon come in. I could see them drafting one of the God gazillion, you yeah. know, running backs that are coming out right now. Can you imagine like, Devin a chain going to the go, going to the, the Chiefs and uh, you know filling that Jer- that Jarek McKinnon role. Uh, it, it's it, I mean he McKinnon actually did did some of the dirty work like like pass blocking right. that uh, that a chain probably isn't going to do. But no, seri- but seriously, someone you could get another guy who compliments and probably eats eats some of the touchdown equity and you just get empty yards. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Pacheco is a guy. I mean, I'm not going to say any, I'm I'm not going to say anything about Mahomes or or Kelsey because they're they're at their price and they're going to be worth it where no matter what. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback on that, you you pretty much answered what I was going to answer. The, Mahomes and Kelsey are holds. I, I really don't see the point in selling them because if you're selling them, you're hoping to get a king's ransom, and you're, or you're hoping to get someone who's going to become those guys. Just hold on to those guys. I think with Kelsey too, we're seeing a lot of value changing with him, like being older and all this, and he's falling down the tight end rank. He's still Kelsey, man. Doesn't matter. And Mahomes is, you know, as of right now, QB one, one hundred one overall in Superflex. I mean, like, I get the logic, maybe getting out on that, but you're just hoping to get Mahomes production. Just keep him. Uh, but to your other point too, the sell my sell was going to be Pacheco. So we're definitely on the same wavelength here. I think Pacheco has gotten a name for himself. I do like the talent. I like the speed. I just don't like the crowded room that he was in. And I don't think they let him take that role over this year. Uh, I do think they draft someone. I I wouldn't be shocked if they get someone in free agency as kind of a buffer in case, um, or they re-sign McKinnon, which I think would be entirely possible with how well he played. So yeah, I think Pacheco is a name guy that you can maybe get some good value on. This is another, again, using DLF ADP, because I think it's interesting. Would you rather have Isaiah Pacheco or Cam Akers? Being another West Coast Ooh, offense out there for you. Wow. Just wasn't sure if you had an opinion there. Well, uh, you know, I'm going to give you an opinion. I I am actually uh, thinking that it's not going to be, you know, here we are before right now. As of right I'm going, now, yep. I'm, I'm going Acres. I would too. I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, and they're back to back in ADP with uh, Pacheco at running back 23, Acres at 24. So again, that's getting into that range where you're looking for upside. And I think Akers might have a higher upside. I just don't think the Rams want to go with Kyron Williams. I don't think they go get anyone. They don't have any, that many picks that, you know, they have bigger holes to fill. Uh, they might be looking at a total rebuild at that point. Let Akers run the ball every down. Right. So I think Akers might have more upside. You mentioned this player before we started recording. And I want to make sure we get into it here too, a little Isaiah Pacheco or Damian Pierce. Oh, Pierce. Right. I think Pierce is the obvious choice there. So if I can, and Pierce is 22, right? So he's one ahead of Pacheco, but if I can pivot and send Pacheco for Pierce kind of straight up or adding a small piece, gladly take Pierce. Right. So that's kind of, that's the range of DLF ADP for February. We'll see what March comes out to, 
But I, I think it's interesting. There's a value run backs at that bottom end of the RB2 spectrum. And the fact that Pacheco's there kind of feels like the outlier to me. Like, I think that's the max. That I don't want to say that's a ceiling, but like for right now, I'd be fine pivoting to one of those other four let me see. I don't know if you could hear yeah, me. Can you hear is me? Is okay? out? Uh, you cut out for a second, but yeah, I, I, I think it I think might be my end. Now. Yeah, sorry. It's all good. <laughs> sorry, we'll you know, but you were talking about you were talking you were talking about Pierce. So I just uh, I just want to add something because it's like I don't see them uh the them being the texans adding to the adding something significant in the running backs uh because the fact that they need so much everywhere mm. else so that that's the that's the one thing and you know before we leave the chiefs i want to i i it's it's so funny i one of my leagues a guy uh left the league and it's a super flex league his quarterbacks are mahomes and fields and i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> Nice. You know, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I know you want to spend time and more time with your family, but come on, this is Mahomes and Fields. I'm like, I even, I even threw it out there. I'm like, can I trade teams with the guy? Because right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, my quarterbacks, my quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers and uh, Jared Goff and Malik Willis. So I'm like, I'd, I'd love to, I'd just trade that. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that's a good point too. I mean, if you're leaving a league, I get it, but that would be a tough one to leave at the orphanage. You know what I mean? Like, my goodness, that's a, that's a fun team. Uh, all right, so, so fun. I think too the only other piece I would mention, and and my other buy candidate, which we really didn't get into, was Noah Gray. I actually just mm-hmm. got him from Scott Connor in a league for a fourth, twenty four fourth, like he's he's bottom of the barrel kind of thing. I just feel like there is still an outside shot that he becomes relevant on this offense. Uh, tight ends take a little while to acclimate. There is a chance that Kelsey, you know, getting older, maybe he, you know, does fall off that cliff at some point. And the backup is Noah Gray, as far as I'm aware of. I mean, again, it's a great stash for virtually nothing, or you can pick them up off waivers in some leagues. So I just wanted to mention that before we moved on. So I'm glad we we're able to get that in. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Again, it depends on the price for everything, but if the price is free, well, then it's definitely worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not losing anything at that point. All right. In that so, offense, especially in that offense. Yeah, no, completely. And I think with we don't know what's going to happen, but tight ends are tricky to find. And if you're in a tight end premium, especially go get the guy. Um, all right. So next up, we've got the chargers and, the Chargers are a fun team. They've got a lot of good fantasy relevant players. They've been consistently good. Now you're in LA, am I correct? Oh yes. So you know Charger probably country. a lot more about the Chargers and their beat reporters than I will as a Bengals fan here in Ohio. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on this team. So let's get through the players first. Again, ranked by a cap hit. First up was wide receiver Keenan Allen. They restructured his deal. I don't quite know where it falls now, but Keenan Allen was first. Wide receiver Mike Williams, quarterback Justin Herbert, tight end Gerald Everett. Running back Austin Eckler, wide receiver Josh Palmer, tight end Trey McKitty, running back Josh Kelly, and running back Isaiah Spiller. Put those guys on there because there there is a talk. There is some mention about them taking over some of the workload for Eckler. So I wanted to make sure we clarified they are on the team. They're not expected to be cut. And the only real free agent of note, which is barely even of note, is DeAndre Carter. I don't think that matters. I don't think they bring him back. But again, I'll kick it to you first here, Jorge. What would you say is your top buy on this Chargers team? The top buy, you know what? I'm I'm trying to buy Herbert at this point because mm-hmm. I wonder if his if his value is a little bit depressed. Kind of an off year last year. The injuries definitely hurt him. And uh I think I think he got a little bit mislabeled as kind of a check down guy. 
I, have you ever had an have you ever had a, a, a busted car you know a busted rib <laughs> not it, luckily not a busted or bruised but not broken yeah yeah i i had one and it was about six weeks where i you know it was just like don't touch me and this guy's playing <laughs> nfl football during that time and uh I, I tell you, I think that I think that limited him some. Plus, also the fact that his left tackle missed missed a good chunk. Missed, I think, uh, sixteen of the seventeen games. I think he got injured in week two. Keenan Allen missed a big chunk of the season. Mike Williams missed a chunk of the season. So I think I I think what's going to happen? He's going to get his weapons back. There's talk that they're going to add a, rece- a, a receiver with a speed element. That's one thing that they really missed last year. Jalen Guyton was their w- was their burner. Kellen Moore likes to take more deep shots. Joe Lombardi was more of a you know more of a uh, people talked about him kind of like ho- more of a horizontal guy instead of a vertical guy. Well, Kellen Moore definitely likes to take his deep shots, and I think what's going to happen is uh, I'd love to see kind of like someone like. Uh, uh, well, I, my, my, my fantasy would be Jalen Hyatt, uh, mm. getting him, getting him, you know, either later in the first round or, you know, his, his workout at the combine was only okay. Maybe he falls to the second round and he, he falls to the chargers at that point. Jordan Addison being a, you know, being a USC oh. guy could, could do, could do some wonders in that offense. You add another speed element then all of a sudden it opens up the field for Keenan Allen to do his, to do his work in the slot. I think it, I think it's, I, I think it's uh, really good, you know. So Herbert, I think, could be poised to kind of leap into the, you know, in him and Burrow. I think are poised to take jump steps forward into that, you know, kind of like start to crowd that top three quarterbacks and maybe make it a top five. I don't. I don't think that's a terrific option. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I think that I. I, I think I saw a mock the other day where somebody had mocked um, Hyatt in the second. I want to say. Uh, to the Chargers, and I was like, if they're getting him that early, if the, you know, this might have been a mock that was written before the the combine. But even then, I'm like, if they're taking him on day two or in the second round, they plan on using him a lot, and and oh, that's yeah. a little earlier than some places have him. And I was just like, man, that would be crazy for that offense if they could get someone with even a little bit of speed, uh, someone who can cause separation and really make it like a, a three headed monster that you really got to worry about. And all three of those guys would be very different players and take very different coverages. So that would be awesome for Herbert. I completely agree. Um, I actually, I was thinking about Herbert as my buy, but I really do think it's going to be Keenan Allen, partially because mm. they're, the price is getting low on him. I, I mean, again, Keenan Allen is, is in my mind, still a, a potential stud. I think that there's, I mean, again, it's it's tough to call him a, a stud anymore because the, the term gets thrown around, but I think he's still the first receiver on this offense. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He can get open. He can play the slot. And right now, according to ADP, he's wide receiver 42. Oh uh, Mike God. Williams is wide receiver 39. Like both of these guys are screaming values to me at that range. I mean, again, just between them, you've got Sutton and uh, Rashad Bateman. I might have Keenan Allen over both of those guys. Uh, you've got Calvin Ridley oh, just yeah. above DeAndre Hopkins, just above that. I mean, like we're getting into the range after wide receiver 25 or 30. It's kind of all a flat circle anyway. And if you're telling me Keenan Allen is wide receiver 42 value, I'll, I'll snap that up in a heartbeat. That might be worth a third to some people especially with the hype some of these players are getting this year coming in. So that was going to be my buy just because he's so cheap. But it kind of piggybacks on your buy of, of Herbert and thinking this offense is just going to get better. You know what I mean? That's just – I think, again, I think whoever they draft, I think it'll be somebody big that that offense is going to get a new weapon because I think they kind of need it. 
Um, I think Eckler is obviously going to have another great year. I mean, obviously, but I think that they don't really go to the running back again. I think they got plenty of running backs on the roster. I say that, but watch them do it anyway. But it'd be like the fourth year in a row, I think. (laughs) I feel like they keep trying to find somebody to kind of help with the workload. And in all honesty, just let Eckler have it, man. Like, what are we doing? Um, But at the same time, I think that this whole team kind of underperformed last year. And I feel like all of them could be buys if you phrase it right. I mean, it's kind of cutting a little bit ahead on this whole talk. But I mean, is there even a sell? Is there anyone on this offense that you want to get rid of at value and think that they might be going down? I, you know what? I don't, because I think, honestly, I think, you know, I believe a lot of psychology comes into play when it comes, especially when it comes to dynasty and keeper leagues. And I think some people are going to be down on the chargers thinking they suck because they blew that big lead in the playoffs. And and it's like, okay, well, there's still a playoff team. And honestly, in the AFC West, I think they're the best because of Herbert. I think they're the only team that can really threaten the chiefs. Agreed. Um, you know, so I look at I, I look at that team. I love your take on on jo- on Keenan Allen. Uh, Josh Allen's another division, so we'll leave him. For, uh, I know you already <laughs> covered him. Covered him, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but Keenan Allen. I mean, when he came back and he was healthy from his from his hamstring, he was getting peppered with ten targets a week. And 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 actually, the interesting thing about that the targets for Austin Eckler went down during that period of time. Mm. So that, so I think once you see that offense and we're going to see a little bit of a different offense because, uh, uh, because it's Kellen Moore, but Kellen Moore likes to use his running backs, but he, he also, who was his most used receiver last year? CD lamb. Where does he operate in the slot? Keenan Allen is one of the, one of the premier slot receivers. I, you know, I, as long as he can keep healthy, I think he could be. I I think he's going to be up up for a big year. He could have a couple more years in him. And to me, that in a dynasty league, if you get more than one year out of the guy, I think I think you're you're looking really good. Well, and I love that they restructured his contract. I mean, yes. Allen's going to be 31 going into this season. I mean, he's not a spring chicken. I do think that they get a younger guy in the draft. But even at 31, if they're restructuring his contract, it's because they want him. That's an action. That's not words. That's that's an action. That's something you can actually put a pin on and say that they did this. Uh, they didn't need to do that. He didn't need to agree to it. The fact that they did, in my mind, at least speaks to the longevity, in a sense, of where he could be. I mean, Allen could be a, a lifelong charger and retire in three years and be a wide receiver three for you every year. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. He's going to have breakout weeks. He's going to have big employment and all this. I think there's going to be you know high upsides here and there, but he's not going to consistently be a wide receiver one, but he might have those breakout weeks. So even then, I think Allen's a great best ball pick. The only sell I would even consider, and I kind of mentioned it before, like they're all kind of good values for me. The only sell I would consider is uh, Austin Eckler because he's running back mm. seven. But in all honesty too, like that's a tough sell. I don't think you're really going to get fair value for him right now. Uh, there's a lot of people that look at Eckler and say, well, you know, that last year was a fluke or what have you. He's going to be 28 when we get into the season. Like there's a lot of people that are just done with running backs at that age. Um, and they would rather pivot to someone younger, like an ETN or I don't even like, there's a bunch of other running backs in that age in that range. I'm sorry. Like uh, Kenneth Walker, of course, Kenneth Walker. Are right in there. And Eckler, I think that deserves to be in that conversation, but in dynasty age is kind of ridiculously matters a lot. Uh, I think Eckler could be someone who's around for at least one or two more years as well. But I know a lot of people don't want Eckler right now. They just don't see the value and they don't feel like he's worth that running back seven value. So that's kind of why he would be more of a hold and not really a sell. But if someone in your league does believe in Eckler, 
or thinks he could be, you know, running back 10 again or something and you can get fair value. I don't mind shopping Eckler and seeing what the guy's willing to pay or in your league, shop him to everybody, you know, send him for like the 106, the 104, something like that. If you need a receiver uh, and just straight up, see if they'll take it. Sometimes you might have a team that goes, yeah, I'll take the proven commodity over the unknown box that could turn into Austin Eckler. Right. Especially at this time before we have landing spots. So that was going to be my, my sell discussion. But again, it's not necessarily like go sell him right now. It's more like go shop, see if you can find someone willing to bite and willing to pay running back seven value, which in dynasty should be worth a lot. So was there anyone else that you would kind of sell or hold or is the whole team kind of a buy because we think that they're going to be so much better? I agree, by the way, with that. I like I like your sentiment on Eckler. See what you could get for him. Because the fact that I mean, you mentioned what I was going to ask you what you thought was going to be the uh, a proper, yeah, return on that investment on that trade option and something something in the 104 to 106 range like i mean i i've i've got a team that i've got the 105 um i'm I, thankfully i'm set at running back i'd like to upgrade quarterback so that's why i'm gonna kind of hold um but yeah that uh but eckler i could see being that kind of return i mean the thing is people last year and and obviously it's a different it's going to be a little bit different offense with kellen moore calling the plays and, instead of uh, joe lombardi but the last two years it eckler eckler did get more work in the red zone and more work you know more goal line carries so but he was still very efficient down there and i mean he was still a touchdown machine if he falls back to a dozen total touchdowns and still gets a whole bunch of uh targets i mean we we can look at a way tony pollard got used last year and uh I could, we could see Eckler being that kind of that getting that kind of usage in a Kellen Moore offense and Eckler being that, that guy, I think, I I think, I think we could have one, uh, one more year. He hasn't gotten a lot of hits. He's got no surgeries on him. So uh, his legs seem to be in good shape. He's a, he's a workout fiend. He's doing a lot of stuff this off season to kind of, he wants to train for uh, the combine again. Uh, so he wants to, so I think that's going to be really interesting with him. I, 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 I would, I, if I were a team that was going for it, I, and I had a, you know, a mid range first round pick, I could think of a lot worse things than going, than giving up, giving up, a giving up that pick for Austin Eckler. And here are some I'm finding in DLF trade finder from just in the past week or so we've got Eckler for the 201, 301 and 401. Now that's that's Ooh. clearly one of those like would you rather have all three of those picks? I think there's a lot of value still at 201. I don't I don't hate yeah. that. And then adding the 301 and the 401, like giving you some more dark throws, that's a little lower than I would want for Eckler, but I don't blame him for making that. And a super flex, that makes sense. Uh the other one that I saw in here was interesting was the 211 and a 24 first for Eckler. I don't mind that either if you're if you're not contending, right? So if you are contending, sending my 24 first and the 211, if you're you know the 11 pick. If you're right. a late pick and you're getting Eckler for the 211 and your first, I'd do that in a heartbeat too. So it kind of depends if you're one player away or you feel like, you know, you just lost. Maybe Leonard Fournette was your starting running back. And you mm -hmm. lost. And you could trade the 20, which you're hoping to still be late for Eckler. That upgrades your team massively. So, yeah, I think that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Anything else you want to talk about with the Chargers? Uh, I'm going to be very intrigued. Again, I'm going to be very intrigued what they do in, uh, on the, in the draft, and they may add to their offensive line a little bit more.
to in the first round. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks with what that team's going to do, and it's going to be exciting. I'm with you. All right, so with that, let's move on to the third place team in the AFC West. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Las Vegas is such an interesting team this year. Yeah, th- this is the one. I know you're excited about this. This is going to be fun. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders. We've got some fun fantasy players on this team, and then not that many after. But we've got d- wide receiver Devontae Adams, wide receiver Hunter Renfro, tight end Darren Waller, running back Josh Jacobs, who was just franchise tagged, and then running back Samir White, the free agents on this team that I mentioned because I think they're interesting, is Mac Hollins, who actually showed up and did some things this mm-hmm. year. Quarterback Jarrett Stidham, Stidham, which again, when they lost Carr to the Saints and you know he left, is Stidham the guy? Well, he's a free agent too. We don't know. And then Foster Moreau, the tight end behind Waller, who obviously kind of disappointed. But I guess there's that's some fun names to discuss. It's not the deepest roster like we're used to seeing in the last couple of teams. But where would you like to begin on buying a Raider? Who, which Raider is the most attractive to you to purchase right now? I'm actually looking to buy Devontae Adams because I think mm. his uh, coming off, I think because of his age and the fact that there there's uncertainty at the quarterback, I think his value is going to be depressed. And it, I think you could probably get a, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a buy for, you know, a little bit of a deal for him because he's, he's still Devontae freaking Adams and he, he showed <laughs> yeah. nothing. It, it's funny. I was on a, I was on a show with someone a couple of weeks back and we were talking and, and uh, he was in the, uh, the, the host of the show had Devonte like in the, like 15 or 16, as far as uh, uh dynasty. And I was just like, man, this guy was still, you know, in regular, you know, he was still, I think the wide receiver three last year mm-hmm. and uh, no, no sign of slowing down. If you're, if you're going for it, I could see get you know trying to get a deal and get Devonte on my roster, and um, you know I've I've been a big Devonte Adams fan for the, you know the last uh, five years or so. I've had him a lot on redraft, and and uh, and I keep trying to get him on my dynasty teams, and just uh, maybe this is the time I can get those deals. Yeah, and I mean Devonte is a great choice for a buy because again he is somewhat depressed. I mean again looking at DLF ADP from February. Currently wide receiver 17 behind Jackson Smith and Jigba, who doesn't even have a team. Um, in my mind, again, JSN is an amazing athlete. I'm not saying anything negative about the man, but Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. Like you said, yeah. Devontae freaking Adams. Like I'd almost always rather have the known commodity if it's Devontae Adams over the rookie. And again, without knowing landing spots, receivers are a little bit trickier because it, you really have to earn your time. And sometimes if you're, you know, third or fourth in the depth chart, you might be able to get on the field soon, but it doesn't mean you're getting targets. It's just, it's tricky. Um, and again, for, to, for context, right behind Devonte Adams is Chris Godwin. After that is Michael Pittman and Debo Samuel. Like that's all right in that range of top 20 receivers. Give me Adams over any of those guys, right? I mean, like that's a clear cut. If I could trade Pittman for Adams, I would in a heartbeat. Like that seems like a no brainer to me. So even if I have to add a little piece on for something, right. But as soon as he hit 30, which is what Devonte Adams is, as soon as he hit 30, there are some people out there that look at that and go, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. I don't want it anymore. And there is some fair criticism in a sense because we don't know who his quarterback's going to be. I feel like it's pretty, I'm, I'm going to say pretty likely that it's not Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers goes to Vegas. I just don't think he wants to go to a team that has this many holes and this many question marks, but even if they go get a rookie, even if they get like an Anthony Richardson or something crazy happens and they trade up and do make moves and all that, or they end up with, I mean, I doubt it happened, but if they end up with like Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that, or even as, as I've joked about on Twitter, like what if they get Andy Dalton and it's essentially a trade of quarterbacks Ooh. between the two teams, 
I wouldn't be shocked to see Andy Dalton land there and then ball out with Adams because Adams is still Devonte freaking Adams, man. Like I'm not too worried about who his quarterback is. Right. Like I just, I don't think it matters. I think he's going to get the ball no matter who's there. So I, that was going to be my buy too, is that I just think for the price, for the bang, for the buck, it's gotta be Devonte Adams. It just, I don't know who else you would even, you know, be striving for. If he's wide receiver 17, smash that. I'll take that any day of the week easily in wide receiver one territory, even in dynasty right now. Um, I'll go next, I guess, with my sell, which would be Josh Jacobs. Now, mm. we talked before about like the, the team making a decision. They decided to franchise tag him. I think that you could build the narrative either way, that they're willing to franchise tag him because they think he's a worthy running back. They had the option. They don't really have anyone else they could tag. But that's still a pretty fair amount of money you're paying your running back. And not signing him to a long-term deal could then build the narrative that they're going to run the wheels off, right? They're just going to let him have it and go nuts. Without knowing the quarterback, I'm hesitant there because I don't want the I don't want the team to have to run the ball and then like be forced to give Jacobs the ball a lot and not have a good enough offense and kind of be stall slow and all this. Also, Jacobs is going in the top ten of running backs in some places on DLF ADP. He's running back nine. So again, if I can sell at that value and get out from that question mark, I'd be happy to do that. Um, right behind him, you've got Javante Williams at eleven, DeAndre Swift at twelve. I mean, if I can do Jacobs for Swift in a piece, I will gladly do that. I think Swift is going to be one of those, you know, polarizing guys. You got Williams, who's hurt, Javante Williams, yeah. who we'll talk about in a minute here with Denver. But it's like I, I just think that Josh Jacobs is is good and had a great year, but that might be his peak. And I think again, he might be on the downside of this. Nothing against the player, but in terms of dynasty value, that's kind of where I'm looking at. What are your thoughts on Jacobs, and then who would be your sell on this team? I think he could have one more year, but he would be the guy I'm looking to get whatever I can for him. Just, uh, you know, just like I was, uh, I was talking about earlier with uh, Isaiah Pacheco. I'm like, you know, you've got a, you, you've got a guy, if I could get, if I could go to a team that's got a, a first round pick and I'm, and I'm not, you know, and that team's going for it. I'm trying, I'm trying to sell him on the fact that, Hey, you know what? There's a white didn't do anything. They're going to lean on. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, my sell job is they're going to lean on the running game and yep. Devontae Adams and, and just to be, to be excellent one more time. And it's going to be and say, Hey, look, he did 2000 yards. He's still, I think, believe he's 25. So he's, he hasn't hit that age cliff that we keep talking about for running backs. But, try and get what I can from him because you know what also the other thing is he has gotten some you know some leg injuries ankle th things here and there so and he was a little dinged up at the end of last season so uh where he fought through to get a contract does he I mean maybe do the injuries become bigger this year when he maybe tries to fight through for another contract? Uh, yeah. I, I, I look at Jacobs very much as uh, someone that I, that I want to sell. Um, uh, yeah. I very much agree with that one. I, and I've, I've got that quandary on a team where I'm kind of trying to figure out what, what to do at the quarterback uh, where, where I have Stafford and Goff as my, as my top two quarterbacks in a super flex league. Do I try and get, a little something do i try and use josh jacobs to get a little something because i do have some depth at the running back position but i don't know something to something to think about it and you know as, as you know this is the dynasty junkies and we're talking about we're, right. we're always talking trades always always you can never talk trades too much right <laughs> and if you're not trading you're doing it wrong but at the same time if you're busy i get it this is the time that people clock out and check out and kind of let things ride 
Uh, I know I'm in a one of my home leagues where I'm a co-commissioner. We have it pretty much turned off from the Super Bowl to free agency just so oh. that everybody can kind of be like, OK, let's just disconnect for a little while. Don't have to worry about anything. Don't have to worry about waivers. But then as soon as free agency opens, waivers come back and it just like the whole league comes running back and it's a good time. So, yeah, uh, I, I did want to cover one other player that I would call a hold on this team. And it may be kind of controversial, but I'm holding Darren Waller. I, I just Ooh. don't feel like anybody is going to give you at all what you're what you're going to get for him. I don't think I'm acquiring him. I'm not trying to go out there and actively pursuing Waller. But if I have Waller on my roster, I'm fine to just hold on. Uh, we talked about it, too, with, you know, we don't know the quarterback. I'm fine to just kind of keep keep Waller on my bench and sort of see what happens. I don't know if you really got into your cell, per se. But I mean, like, was what are your thoughts on Waller? Is that being a holder? Is he a sell for you? At first, I was going to sell him, but you know what? You make a great, you make a very, very valid point. On, it's what I do um, here, Warren. Yeah, because <laughs> the thing is, you're not going to get you're you're not going to get you're not going to get right fair value get, right now. Yeah, you're just not. He's going to no. be. I mean, he if if he has a healthy season, which he hasn't had in three years, uh, if he has a healthy season, he's excellent. We know that Josh McDaniels loves to use the t- the tight end when uh you know when he when he has a healthy big tight end. We know he wants wants to get a get a guy. I you know the other the other option would be you know Hunter Renfro and I I don't think I want to I I don't think I want to sell Hunter Renfro. I think I'm I don't either. I, yeah. I think I think I'm in a hold pattern with Hunter Renfro as well because I keep thinking about Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, those slot guys, those small slot guys that that thrive in a Josh McDaniels offense. He had injuries. Does he come back and have a more normal season and get you 80, 90 catches and a thousand yards and do it kind of cheaply? Because I mean, I, I'm sure his I, I'm sure his ranking is pretty low right now. It's tight end nine. Yeah. Which yeah. again, in tight end is, is a weird spot, right? Tight yeah. end within the ranks of tight end. I mean, ADP is yeah. all over the place, but in terms of like actual ADP, who he's going around, here are some fun names that you might want to not remember. Uh, Darren Waller is going just behind these three players that are polarizing in fantasy right ahead of him. David Montgomery. People's just started vomiting, listening to the podcast. We got Desmond <laughs> Ritter who again should be something, but in super flex, oh. I don't know. And then right ahead of them, Miles Sanders. So that's kind of what you're looking at value-wise. All of those guys have question marks. I'm not really excited about any one of them. Uh, and that's kind of why, again, if, if I'm going to sell, I want to sell for something that I feel better about. I don't feel much better about any of those players. All three of those guys could be benched by week three. Honestly, so could Waller. And that's what makes me nervous about buying Waller right now. And that's why I'm not really interested in that. But if I'm selling to get out of him and then get David Montgomery... Might as well just hold on. You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing here? I also think, again, with tight end, it's a it's a bleak landscape these days. You've either <sighs> got a tight end or you don't. So if you've got Waller as your starting tight end, and that's like your best option, you're just holding on and gets a touchdown. And honestly, like, if if it depends a lot on the quarterback, of course, but it can't get much worse, right? So like, I'm looking at it as a as a tight end nine. I mean, behind him in tight end, you got David and Joku at tight end ten. Michael Mayer at tight end 11 already, which I think is bonkers. And then Evan Ingram at tight end 12. I'd much rather have Evan Ingram, who just got the the tag and everything there. I think his ADP is going to go up as we get further along in this. But yeah, I mean, if I could sell Waller for Ingram in a second or Ingram in a third, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? Like that just makes too much sense. Um, I don't know if anyone's doing that. I don't think anyone's giving that much, but it's tough to get Ingram right now. But it's real. I'll bet it's real easy to get Waller. And I'm not sure I want him. 
But if I have him, I'm not getting rid of him because the value is just not there. So he's kind of in that dead zone for me. <laughs> you know, there's just I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, anything else you want to talk about on the Raiders? Any of these other players that I know you were excited about the team, but anything else you got in mind? Well, you know, you threw out you threw out the Andy Dalton talk and I want to go crazy for a second. Could they be players for Lamar Jackson? What this you team would look Lamar like with Lamar Jackson would be crazy. <laughs> they would be contenders in the West immediately. Yeah. Cuz cuz the thing is you're I mean, you're in the AFC West. Do you want to, I mean, you're, you're, you're picking at number seven, you know, your quarterback option is Will Levis at that point. And do you want to do, and th at that point you either got to re-sign Jarrett Stidham or you got to sign Jimmy G who apparently is going to cost a, quite a bit of money. Not, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing his number is going to be close to what, uh, what Geno Smith signed for, which or to Daniel me is Jones even. That's what I've heard too. Yeah. Uh, which is bonkers. crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like at that point, re-sign Jarrett Stidham, you know, and, right. but, or, you know, just, Hey, you know what, go for it, go get, go, go get Lamar Jackson. And though I, I don't know if number eight would be available because it's a hall of fame, hall of fame punter, Ray guy wore number right. eight. <laughs> so I, I, but I, I just, I, I think, I think I keep hearing the jets. If they don't get uh, Aaron Rodgers. Will actually, you know, will be a player for Lamar Jackson, but I don't think the Raiders are being talked about enough, uh, as far as that's concerned. As far as players, I, that it, we, yeah. I, I think we've, I think we've hit the players as as much as we can uh, on those guys who are the buys and sells. I love going crazy on that, and again, that is not something I've really heard a lot of talk about. Uh, and, and to kind of talk about Lamar Jackson for a minute, I know a lot of people have been bringing him up this week, and the Raiders or the Ravens, I'm sorry. Uh, decided to franchise but not exclusive, which lets other teams make offers. And then, of course, there was this whole, like, no one's making offers. And I, I put this out on Twitter. If you follow me, you've heard this. But why would a team make an offer now? It doesn't really make a lot of sense to show your cards that way. Also, to send two firsts for Lamar Jackson is a fair trade. But not many teams have the ability or the, the picks to do that. It also lets the Ravens match. So now you've told everyone what you're trying to do and the Ravens can get him anyway. I, I just feel like there's no incentive for any team to do that unless they're going to lock him in. And then the other thing is they have given pick. They could get Will Lex. You mentioned that they have these good rookies. I just don't know why they would, you know, go crazy on someone when they have a chance to sign a quarterback for longer for less. So that's kind of where I go back and forth with it. I think Lamar Jackson is a stud and would be amazing on that team, but there's just too many question marks that they don't need to do it. They're, they're not backed into a corner yet and come draft day, they might be, uh, but I don't think they're there yet, but that is a fun conversation for sure. Yeah. Well, by, by draft day, hopefully Lamar Jackson is uh, figured has things figured out by that point. So that'll be, uh, I, I, I can't, you know, with Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers being up in the air, it's, it's just too much to handle right now. I, I'm hoping that by next <laughs> Wednesday, that all of this is figured out, but I, I don't think it will be. Well, I think Wednesday will be an interesting day as the league year starts and we still got a month until the draft. So we are not done with speculation season, my friend. It's going to keep no. going. But speaking of keeping going, let's go to our last team, the fourth team in the AFC West. We've got the Denver Broncos. I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say they underperformed last year, finishing <laughs> at the bottom of this barrel. But this is a tough division, so it's not that shocking. Someone's got to come in last, right? Uh, top fantasy players, again, ranked by cap hit. We've got Russell Wilson, 
Cortland Sutton at receiver. Tim Patrick is third oh, of the fantasy right. relevant, which is interesting. He was out last year, but got a great contract. Running back Chase Edmonds, wide receiver Jerry Judy, running back Javante Williams, wide receiver KJ Hamler, tight end Albert Okuegbunam. I think I said that right. Well, yeah. uh, and then tight end Greg Dolchich. And then free agents, which again are all running backs, and none of them are really noteworthy, but it's Latavius Murray, Mike Boone, and Marlon Mack, all of which were pretty much signed when Javante went down. We all expect Javante to come back this year. Uh, I'll kick it to you first. Which of the Broncos do you think is the best buy at the current value right now? I'm buying Russell Wilson in a super flex league. There you go. Uh, I think I, I, you know what? It's 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 the Sean Payton upside. If he yep. gets if he gets that uh, deodorant. Uh, for lack of a better term, I think Scott Pianowski uses that every once in a while. But uh, I, I think I think Sean Payton is uh, is that good a coach that he can that he's going to get he's going to get a lot out of Russ. To me, the one, the thing about Russell Wilson, I know he's gotten a lot of crap uh, dumped on him. The one thing that he's never been that that has never been said about him is that he's not a worker. And, and I think he's got professional pride. I think this was something that I heard a lot in the baseball side is when a player sees kind of like the cliff of his career, he, you know, he responds. And I think, I think Russ may have seen the cliff of his career last year and doesn't want to go out that way. He has professional pride. He's going to, he's, he's going to work at it. And uh, from what I've from what I'm heard, uh, he's already on the horn with uh, Drew Brees. They live they, yeah. they live not too far from each other in San Diego. So uh, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Russ. I, want, I I think I think his his value is as low as it's going to get at any point uh, in his career, probably. So uh, and if I if he's worth acquiring, it's going to be this year. He'd get the bump if he does. If he doesn't come back, then he's probably not going to happen. But I don't think you you lost a bit. I don't think you're going to give up a first round pick or something like that, or a uh, high high uh, highly dra- you know highly drafted player. I think that's a fair point, and and I was kind of waffling between him and the other guy I'll get into. But I do think Russ Wilson is a fine buy. I think again he he struggled last year a lot. I think it was Ryan Leaf that came out and said that one you know one of Russ Wilson's uh, trainers passed away and this was his first year Mm -hmm. without that guy. And like, there's a lot of mental strife and struggles that goes along with that. We've all been involved with death at some point in our life. And it can really hit you a lot harder than you're expecting, especially if it's someone around your professional career. And then you're just asked to go about your daily life and keep going. Uh, There's a whole lot of stuff that we don't see behind the scenes. And I really do feel like a lot of that affected Russ last year. Obviously the team wasn't great, you know, getting rid of Hackett halfway through pretty much and just sort of, I don't know, being listless as a team. Nobody really knew what they were doing, and it was just really frustrating for everyone involved. So getting Peyton, I think, gets that ship back, steered the right direction. Uh, I think the upside with Peyton and Russ Wilson, again, he's he's not exactly Drew Brees, but he's similar enough that I feel like that upside is in play, is on the table. And I think if Peyton, if anybody can do it, it's Peyton, right? If if Peyton's going to come in there, they're not trading Russ. They're paying him way too much. Uh, they can't get out of that contract for at least two years, really. And, and I mean, again, you can get out of it whenever, but it doesn't make sense for the team to do so for at least two more years. Russ then makes it makes him a buy. Uh, he's going to be 34, I believe, as the season starts. That's not young, but I do think Russ has got some some gas left in the tank. Uh, and before I move on to my buy, I do want to finish this by saying Russ Wilson is QB 18 in DLF. I think in Superflex, you can do a lot worse than Russ mm-hmm. Wilson as your QB two. 
if you can get him as your QB three, even better. Like there is a solid chance you might have Mahomes and Burrow or something like Mahomes and Fields, like you were saying before. Like some of these things are are very possible in how we you know can have our team set up. And to go get Russ Wilson for like the one twelve, even like if you won the league last year and your third quarterback was Brady, right? And you're looking at it like, man, I don't, the only hole I have, the only thing I've got is that one twelve, and and I've got a hole at QB three backup. And again, it's always good to have a solid backup if you're contending. I would make that trade. And again, on DLF, there is a trade recently, the one twelve for Russ Wilson, which I think makes perfect sense. Um, if you've got Russ Wilson and you're rebuilding, I could see why you would trade him for that. Right. But you're oh, most yeah. likely not getting a quarterback at 112. You're pivoting to one of those younger receivers. You're hoping to get hit on the Justin Jefferson of the draft. One of those guys that comes in and dominates at the 112. I'm fine sending that upside away for the upside of Russ Wilson. So I love that pick. I think that's terrific. Uh, at, my the one, buy, at the 112, can I ask you a question on the 112? Sure. Could could Hendon Herndon, Hendon Hooker be, oh. be there at 112? Hendon will almost definitely be there at the 112. I think I, most of the mock drafts I've seen, he's going in the third round. I don't think Hendon's really getting up there in that 112 range yet. I think there's a possibility he will once more of the word gets around. So I don't want to make it seem like he's not going to be there. He's going to only go in the third. I do think he rises, especially if he gets good draft capital and to a team that can start him right away, like the Raiders like we were talking about. But again, Hendon Hooker is one of those guys that in my mind is, I don't know if he's entirely pro ready, but I'd rather have Russell Wilson than Hendon Hooker on a team that's contending. I'd rather have the known asset with the more upside. Again, it's it's how you want to build your team. There's no wrong answer there for sure. But um, I do think if you have other picks, you could trade in and get Hendon Hooker probably you know before anyone else in your league is aware. So that's not a bad pick, though. Um, but to pivot to my buy, it, it's I don't know if it's unfair, but I went with Javante Williams for my buy. Um, Javante, mm-hmm. I think, is someone that had a ton of hype. Everybody was loving on him. And then, of course, he goes out and gets hurt. And everybody is kind of like, well, is he still going to be the guy? We don't know if it was going to be his 1A to 1B with Chase Edmonds. Like, nobody really knew. And we never really got to see it. I wouldn't be shocked if this year we see it. And I think, again, with Sean Payton taking over on this offense, it's very possible that Javante gets the Alvin Kamara role on this offense. I want that role. I mean, again, Javante Williams is only 23 to start the season or will only be 23 to start the season. He's currently running back 11 in Dynasty ADP. I think that's probably a fair value for him, but I've seen a lot of people that are willing to move on from Williams for less than I thought. Um, For instance, I just traded in one. It's a Trade Addicts League. It'll be on the podcast, I'm sure, next week. And I'm kind of breaking a little bit ahead of it, but um, I was able to trade, I think it was the 206, a 25 first and a 25 second for Javante Williams. And I was fine with that. Right. It's a trade addicts league. We're always trading picks crazy far in advance. As soon as the rollover happens, I'm looking, who can I trade that for? Uh, I don't usually like buying running backs this time of year. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast, but I think that might be the best option to buy if you can get them for that, in my mind, that cheap. I don't think I'm missing out on much of the 206. Yeah, there's some guys that could still be there. 2025 is two years out. I'll get it back. I'm not too worried about it. Um, but my thought is Javante Williams could be a beast this year. And I think even with the injury, we've seen running backs more often than not return from that kind of injury if they're studs. And I think Javante is a stud. What are your thoughts on him? Well, the, the, my thought process on Javante is if I'm getting him, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not expecting big things this year. Uh, just because I, uh, uh, 
got one of one of my favorite injury analysts, Dr. Owen Porras. He mm. he was kind of going through and he looked at he looked at kind of like the the injuries that came through and he said this is a very similar injury to J.K. Dobbins. Mm -hmm. And this was largely a lost season for J.K. Dobbins. A lot of people are wheels Edwin is is also is very much wheels up about Dobbins this year having a normal off season. But um I'm I'm very much I'm very cautious uh, in redraft, I'm going to almost stay away from him and Brees Hall this year completely because I want a guy that's going to be ready week one, and I don't think they're going to be ready week one. I think it's going to be back half of the season. And where they're going for uh, for to be drafted, more than likely is one of the top two running backs on my team. So I, I don't want to have to play a secondary player for the second half of the season. I, I like his I, – I look at him, I, I'm going to look at him a year from now, the way I'm looking at JK Dobbins, where it's like, he is way too low, uh, as far as where, as far as where he's being drafted. And Javante is, I, I just think there's going to be, I think the, I think if he comes back, it's going to be healthy. It'll be on the back half of the season. And that's with everything breaking, right? Um, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I don't want to interrupt, but I feel like you're you're entirely fair to think that. I, I do too. I don't think he's going to hit the ground running literally in week one. <laughs> but I also think that the way his contract is set up, the way Russ is set up, the way Peyton just joined yes. the team, I don't see Peyton, you know, getting six weeks and getting the axe. I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm looking at it more like for the long haul, right? The other thing is the only time I really buy running backs is when I feel like they're a depressed asset that can go up. And that's what Javante is right now. I don't think Very he's going to go much lower. I don't think the team drafts a running back. I think that they, even with the injury, I think there are going to be people that come looking for Javante this summer, you know, and they're starting to look at lineups and they start looking at rosters and they're like, you know, I don't, I only have one running back. I need a second or I've got two, but they're injury prone or whatever. And I think Javante could be worth more than what I paid. So in my mind, it's more of an investment buy than a roster buy. Um, Cause I, th I think he's got the longevity on this team. I think he's going to be a stud. I do agree that this year could be Rocky. I, I do agree that and shout out Rocky. Uh, but I just think that there is a chance that, that Javante could be worth something more. And again, just for the sake of whatever, uh, yesterday, no, wait, sorry, Tuesday, this trade went down according to DLF Trade Finder. Which side would you rather have, Jorge? Javante Williams and Devon, D Darnell Mooney, Javante Williams and Darnell Mooney, or Amon Ross St. Brown? Oh, wow. Well, you think, yeah. I'll say I would gladly take Amon Ross St. Brown there. I'm, I just feel I'm, like that's a good enough bump up to me. It's a lot more points in the first half of the season when you could trade him away after. I, it answers some of those questions at running back that you're like, do I really want to hold running backs? I gladly switch and pivot to an ARSB. So again, that's kind of why I'm buying that player right now. I feel like that asset is depressed, but some people don't see that it should be. They don't think it should be. And they're buying them higher than what I paid in this particular trade. So again, I think that's where it, it becomes a value price question. And I think that's where it is. Javante's price in the market is lower, I think, than it should be, at least yeah. in some cases. And if you can get a good deal on any player, I always say do it. So yeah, I mean, again, just to answer the question of which would you rather have, Javante and Darnell or Amon Ra? I think it would be ARSB too. It's I think he's the I think on DLF I think he's the number three uh, wide receiver, uh, you know, in their dynasty rankings. I believe that's uh, Lamb that's, was three, but Amon okay. Ra was five. Yeah, oh, so, okay. I mean, again, so still way up there, right? I mean, in Superflex, you're looking at the beginning or middle of the second. I'm fine with that value, and if I can pivot from Javante, who is running back eleven, 
and is going in the third round, you know, pivot on that with a Darnell upside pick. I'll do that every day of the week, especially right before draft season when consolidation needs to happen most, right? When you've got, you know, four or five or six draft picks, you got to start thinking, how are we going to cut players? Well, trade, do a two for one like that. Consolidate your roster in other ways. Keep the value. Don't cut them. Um, so that's kind of where, again, there's some other layers of logic in there. But with that, I guess, which would be your sell on this Denver Broncos team? Is there anyone you're actively trying to get rid of right now? Oh, I just I, I just had one last thought on Javante oh, that, sure. I wanted to add, that I wanted to add is, you know, considering, you know, talking about the fact that, you know, this will be year three. Year four, when he's expected to be, have a full off season and and hopefully healthy he- healthy recovery and everything like that, that's his contract year. Bingo. Yeah. So you want I, you want Javante for you know to be to have a healthy contract year going for it. But that means uh, you got to get him before he comes back. That's well, yeah, you got to get him in. now. Yeah. You get him now to yeah. with that with that that idea in mind. So yep. my my cell actually very much it's I'm I'm torn between Dulcich and and. Uh, between Greg Dulcich and um, Cortland Sutton. And I'm, I'm going to throw Dulcich out there just because I think he, I think the reason why I could sell, I think I could talk someone into Sean Payton's history with Jimmy Graham mm. and, and, and with, with tight and Dulcich had a good, he had some big plays at the end. He's got wild hair. So people are going to, you know, he's got that wrestler hair thing going on. So people that, that may get a psychological bump with people, but no, I, I think, I think, I think I could probably talk someone into giving me something, some getting more at, you know, in return for someone like Dulcich. And um, because I think honestly, the way I think it's going to break out, I think he and uh, Albert O. I'm not. Gonna, you did a great job with his name. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to try and do it again. But yeah, I'm like I, I should try and say his name like in Spanish, and then maybe it, it'll be easier that, that way. But no, when I uh, when I look at uh, when I look at Dulcich, I think I think there there could be Dulcich and Albert O. I think there could be a little cannibalizing each other's targets. And so I think it's I, I think Dulcich is a, is a guy that I could sell now, get, hopefully get get uh, capitalize and, uh, and 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 get something good in the at the end. I like it. Yeah, Dulcich was Dulcich Dulcich. I don't know. I say I have a harder time with his name than Okuigbenam. Um, <laughs> but it's funny, Dulcich in my mind is is a, is also a sell. I like selling Dulcich right now because again, you can sell the narrative on this. Um, but it is a crowded tight end room. Alberto is still there, even if people don't like it. Uh, I also think that even though his ADP is tight end 14, which Dulcich's tight end 14 is pretty good, in ECR and Fantasy Pros, he's ranked as tight end 9. Because, again, tight end is such a weird situation. Uh-huh. There's all sorts of valuations. So ultimately what it is, if you can sell Dulcich, let's say you try to do a pivot. What I would probably do with Dulcich is do Dulcich and a running back for like a Friar Muth. Or Delsich and a running back for, I don't know if you could get Goddard, but that'd be nice. Like something where you could really tear up at tight end. That's what I would try to do. Um, because I think I don't want to start Dulcich if I can help it, right? But I have no problem at all starting one of those stronger tight ends. If you can do all the way up to a Hawkinson, go for it. You know, that you'd have to add quite a piece. But my point is there are people out there that are not afraid of him as much. And they think that he might be the guy. And they do believe the Peyton offense with Jimmy Graham. If you can find someone willing to buy what you're selling – you know, that's not a bad idea at all. Um, even though his ADP is tight end 14, I still feel like he's got some value. And just because I think this is entertaining in a way, 
who would you guess is right ahead him at tight end 13? I'll give you one guess and then I'll give you the answer because it's not going to be a name you're going to know. Um, Dalton Kincaid? No, but that's a good guess. Tight end 13, Chigoziem Okonkwo. Oh, uh, Chig. Like Chig Okonkwo. I'm telling you what, this is one of the weirdest years at tight end I've ever seen. Dalton Kincaid is 15, so you're close. But the fact that even Dalton Kincaid is tight end 15 in ADP in February is blowing my mind, right? Like we don't even know what these guys are going to do, but that's how likely we are as a community, I guess, to take the next thing, right? And just feel like the next guy's got a chance. Is I mean, I just think it's mind blowing that Chigan Conquo is even there, right? Like I took him at like 512 in a trade addict's league. I just think it's hilarious. But uh, the other sell that I was going to mention was Jerry Judy. And only because Ooh. he's so overvalued in my mind, uh, Judy is currently wide receiver 22 in February ADP. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that that he can't be wide receiver 22, but I don't know if he can be much better than that. And so if if you're looking to sell and get out, this might be your window because there's a lot of people hoping that Peyton turns this team around. Judy might be the wide receiver one, but he might not. Uh, there's a whole bunch of question marks with Sutton. Are they going to move him? I don't think they do. Uh, they might draft someone. We never know. I, I just, I feel like Judy, I might be willing to get out. I sold him last year. I think it maybe not his peak, but like maybe not as, you know, Valley either. Um, but Judy's just someone I'm willing to shop and kind of see if I can pivot. Again, wide receiver 23 is Christian Watson. I might be willing to trade that straight up. I think Watson's mm. got more upside. Uh, right after that and all over to altogether super flex ADP is Geno Smith. If I can turn Jerry Judy into a starting quarterback without having to give one up, I'm happy to do that. Again, these are ADPs. It doesn't mean it's going to happen in every league, but it's interesting to see that. The other thing I thought was interesting about Judy in the four mock drafts that DLF did in February, his highest pick overall was 54. His lowest was 82. That's a lot of variation. So there are definitely leagues out there that love him, and there are definitely leagues out there that don't. So it's worth looking around, shopping around, seeing if you can find someone that finds his value at 54th overall. I would gladly get out if somebody in your league wants to draft him that high and value him that high. I'm out. I'm more on the 82 side. So that was kind of my my second pick for sell, just because I know we talk so much uh, about Dulcich. But is there, I mean, I guess, what are your thoughts on Judy? And then do you have anybody on this team that you're holding? Well, Judy is definitely uh, someone that I'd look at. Uh, that exactly. If if someone really wants them, yeah, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna sell. I'd sell them on on the on the thought of it. A year ago, actually, you were talking about turning turning uh, Jerry Judy into a starting quarterback. I actually turned Davis Mills into into Jerry Judy. Uh, there you go. So I'm that one worked very, out. <laughs> I'm very happy to have Judy now. Maybe I'll try and flip him to get a quarterback now because of there that, you go. That, that team could use a third quarterback. But no, I look at uh I I very much like that. Um you asked me on uh on who I would hold. You know, I, I was talking about how I was between Dulcich and and uh Cortland Sutton. I'm kind of holding Cortland Sutton right now because I don't think I buy into the fact that they're going to, you mentioned it They're They're, they're probably, you know, there's talk of trading him. I don't think, I, I don't know if they're going to get, um, I, I don't know if they're going to get overwhelmed for him. Um, 
and I, and I think they're going to want to give Russ veteran receivers to go to go for it. And I, I'd love to see what the two of them do in a Sean Payton offense. Two of them being Sutton and Judy, um, especially if if you can get Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler mm. healthy to to really give give them some weapons. I think this this could be an underrated fun offense but yeah sutton's the guy that i'm really want to really really hold on to until until i find out if if i find out that he gets traded then i want to see the situation but no i want i want to kind of i want i kind of want to see it through i'm i'm 100 with you sutton was my hold too and, and anytime there are rumors that come out about a player i'm usually on the hold I'm kind of like a wait and see where it goes. I don't want to sell them before because then nothing changes. You know, maybe you lose a little value. So yeah, almost anytime there's a rumor that comes out about a player, I'm like, well, let me just hold on and see how it goes. Like you said, so you put it perfectly. I think Sutton's the, in my opinion, anyway, the easy hold back to the same logic before though. He's wide receiver 41. So what are you selling him for? Like you're not going to get much for him. You might as well just hold on and see what comes of it. He could easily be a starter for you every week. If that offense becomes something, but I'm also not sure I'm actively going out and buying him either. I mean, yeah, that's a depressed price, but that could be accurate. And I don't know if I'm willing to pay that. I might as well just hold Rashad Bateman, who's 40. You know what I mean? Like wide receiver 40. So like, mm. I just, he, he doesn't wow me enough for me to go buy him, but he's not upsetting me enough for me to sell him. Right. That's kind of where it is. It's a perfect hold. So I completely agree with you on that. Anything else about the Broncos you want to bring up before we get into our last segment of the night? Oh man. No, I think, I think we hit the Broncos. I think we hit the hell out of the Broncos. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. So with that, we will get into our final segment of the evening, which I think I just, I just got to keep playing this because it's just such a good one. Hang on one second. Let's make sure we get it. Find me a trade. Find. Perfect. There you go. Thanks, Mr. Har, <laughs> for find me a trade drop. We are officially in the find me a trade segment of the night. Uh, being that I'm flying solo, I'm not going to share the roster on the screen. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in. But if you're listening, I'll do my best to rifle through everything here. Uh, we'll start with it was submitted by Zane. Uh, he's actually I think he's done a league or two before. So he's a frequent flyer uh, at Zane R 75 on Twitter. Uh, it's a sleeper league league titled The Office 14 Team Dynasty Superflex, which is so descriptive Ooh. and still awesome at the same time. His team name is my favorite. That's what she said. That's just such a clutch line. <laughs> 14 teamers are a little tricky, and I love that we get some of these different ones in here. Again, as the name of the league implies, 14 team super flex PPR with an extra 0.5 for tight end. So it is tight end premium. Uh, five points per passing touchdown, minus two for interceptions. I always throw that in because you never know. Sometimes it changes valuations. Uh, it is a start 11, one QB, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, three flex and a super flex. Okay. Relatively shallow for a four teamer with only 26 roster spots, three IR and five taxi. And then here's what Zane put in the comments. And I, I messaged him a little bit on Twitter too, but leagues going into the third season, he took a productive struggle approach to the first two seasons and is now looking to build a team to compete for a playoff spot by building out his running back and receiver rooms. Would love some trade thoughts on how to leverage general how to leverage top three picks into asset multiplication to build contender while also uh, trying to have multiple future firsts. And it's kind of, that's something we'll get into with some of these Ooh. trade talks, but um, he was a bottom team last year, but he made some good moves that he wanted to mention, which I think are valid. He added Justin Jefferson in exchange for Pickett, Rondale Moore, Komet, and the 110. 
I think that's a pretty good move. I think that's oh. a solid way to build to get Jefferson for those four pieces, especially in a 26 roster spot. You're going to need to consolidate even in 14 team. And then he also added Burrow for Jameson Williams, the 102 and the 209. It's a high price to pay. But again, for Burrow, I might be willing to do that. At the 102, you're getting a quarterback, could be Stroud. You're giving up Jameson in the 209. Burrow is a stud. I don't mind that at all. And I am a homer, unabashedly. Um, he said he didn't need a QB, but felt the acquisition price was low. I mean, that's a that's a pretty hefty price, but I don't mind it. The last note here, he said, would be most interested in trades involving adding a 24 first and a roster player, likely with the 103 or Lance or Love if they're starters, to begin to move challenged for a playoff spot in 2024. So again, very lengthy description. Thank you for that, Zane. We're going to real quick run through the roster, and then I'll let you go through your trade first so I can catch my breath. Uh, <laughs> again, super flex league. Keep that in mind. His team is Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow. Solid three right there. He's also got Jordan Love and Trey Lance, like you mentioned. Still some flyers and Marcus Mariota, Zach Wilson. Terrific, I think, terrific quarterback room. That's just phenomenal. Uh, running back is not as pretty. I think that's maybe the nicest way to put it. I'll just read them in order as they are here on Sleeper. Chuba Hubbard, Hassan Haskins, Gus Edwards, Mike, or sorry, Malik Davis, Pierre Taylor. I think it's Pierre Taylor. I'm not sure. Zamir White, Brees Hall, Devery Henderson, Devery Henderson. That's an old name. Daryl Henderson, Snoop Connor, Jalen Warren, Kyron Hill, uh, Julius Chestnut, Jamichael Hasty. I mean, that running back room, any of those names are starters. Maybe you have one. Delum yeah, Bleak. you're right. It's very much a Scott Connor team. Uh, receiver, we've got Justin Jefferson. He mentioned Pickens, Elijah Moore, Josh Palmer, uh, Houston, Hollins, a couple other guys, like just no namers really that I think you could easily drop or cut. Tight end, he's got Dallas Goddard, uh, Tyler Conklin, Albert O, like we mentioned, Hendershot. And then for picks, he's got 103, 109, 202, 303, and 403, along with his full complement of picks in the future. So again, a pretty stud kind of focus, studs and duds sort of team. Um, I know Scott put his trade on here, which I'll read as well. But Jorge, did you have a trade on this team that you thought might make sense to help him build this out for 23? Well, um, I would look at, I would look through and I would I would look to trade one of the quarterbacks. Uh, definitely. I think I think Trey Lance, I don't think he trade Trey Lance right now. I would probably look to look to try and sell someone on Deshaun Watson. Because I don't unless unless you're getting the the moon in the sun, and he traded the moon in the sun for Joe Burrow. So right. That, you know, you don't want to, you know, turn around and do that again. I think, I think that you could sell someone on the narrative that Deshaun Watson is going to go back to being who Deshaun Watson was with a full off season and play in a full training camp and full OTAs and everything like that. So, and I think you try and just get, get whatever, whatever you can, either you get that or you try and trade the, the one Oh three, because at the one Oh three, you're getting quarterback. So you're either getting Stroud or or Bright or Bryce. So I I think I think I think you're so I think you want to sell someone who needs a quarterback and is either going to refurbish your wide receiver room or give you a stud running back at that point to really t give you something to build on because with those quarterbacks he really has he, he really has some major 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 talent there to um to to use his depth. I completely agree. And you're hitting on both the trades that I kind of came up with. So I'll just use mine as specific answers. Mine was the first one I came up with was send Deshaun Watson and the 103 and maybe one of those many bench receivers if the guy needs a little extra to D Bowman 31 for the 101 and Kyler. Now, the logic here, of course, 101 Ooh. is better than the 103. 
I have seen a lot of people that have been kind of down on Kyler and say Watson is better than Kyler, right? Or you could use those points this year. I think Kyler is the perfect target for this kind of team as a quarterback because you don't need him to start every week. And having Kyler as your QB3 is perfect because you've got Herbert and Burrow. You don't need to put Kyler in there anyway. You can kind of let him heal up as he's hurt. And then sending Watson, of course, to this other team, D. Bowman, Again, in a 14-teamer to have what could be five or six starting quarterbacks if Mariota gets a job, you're you're sitting pretty at quarterback. So I completely agree that's the move. And then sending the 103 also, which is likely to be a quarterback, you're sending, in theory, two quarterbacks away, right? You're, you're kind of giving up two quarterbacks. You're getting one back in Kyler and then the 101, which you're going to use on Bijan because you need a running back. Yep. I feel like this is that kind of build you were talking about. It includes both of those those pieces, I guess. What are your thoughts on that trade just in general as I go to my second? Anything with Bijan is going to be where you're getting Bijan and you're, I mean, yeah, you're giving something up, but yeah, then you end up with a room. Your quarterbacks are Herbert, Burrow, and Kyler in, you know, who by 2024 should be completely healthy and maybe will be in a better, better offensive scheme. I, I love that. I love it. And you have Bijan. You have five, at least five years of Bijan. Hopefully, you know, stay healthy. Go, go, go somewhere, be incredible, stay healthy. Well, and, and again, just because context matters on every trade, uh, D Bowman's quarterback room is currently Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, like I mentioned, Jameis Winston, and Terod Taylor. So oh, he needs if help. you're adding two, <laughs> he needs another quarterback. So he he might be willing to do this move and say, all right, well, now I've got Dak, Deshaun, and Stroud or Young or whoever, right? Like he's got three solid quarterbacks in a 14 team. That looks, that's sitting pretty. And his running backs are not great. But again, if you're looking to rebuild, you might be willing to make this move and just kind of get out. Um, the other trade that I came up with, which was kind of more in line with what his uh, comments were, was to trade down from the 103. And so there's a team, RWD on this, has the 108. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe you could trade the 103 for the 108 and his 24 first. And the thought process here is RWD could then trade or get that 103 for a quarterback. His quarterbacks are Rodgers, Stafford, Walker, and Zappi. I mean, those are aging quarterbacks. You might be looking at that like the 108. Maybe you get Willis if things fall right, but the 103 is significantly better. And in this class, too, with the way the quarterbacks are shaken out, that 24 first, I don't think this team, uh, RWD's team, is bad enough to really like fall into the 101 or anything to get Caleb Williams or anything like that next year. You might be saying – hey, you know what, this might be my best chance to upgrade my quarterback room. And again, as uh, as Zane's team, trading down from the 103 gives you some flexibility to maybe get, I don't know, a Tank Bigsby or a Zach Evans or one of those other guys as we see a draft spot open up. Ooh. And then you also add that 24 first, which gives you a piece to use for later, which is kind of what you mentioned, like getting a roster and a 24 first. So I guess what are your thoughts on that one? Did that one tickle your fancy as a 103 manager? Uh, you know, anything that when you're getting a 2024 first, I love that thought. I love that thought. Yeah, you're, you know, you're still helping yourself this year. You're giving yourself, you're giving yourself more trade ammo because, exactly. I mean, it, it, you know, because then let's say, let, let's say you really, you know, something, you know, something happens and you have to trade like a Burrow or a Herbert or something like, I hope you never have to, but uh, maybe you trade two first to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. So that, you know, to get, get into that top spot, I think uh, that's very sexy. Muy caliente. Yeah. Muy caliente. Oh, there you go. Way to go with that. And then <laughs> Scott's trade was very similar, which is why I wanted to do mine first in case it was better. I think it is, but his was pretty solid too. His was to trade the 103 to BFB League Honcho 
What'd you get? Honcho. There you go. Uh, but 103 for Jacobs and a 24 first. I think that's the same kind of st- like same kind of style where you're trading the 103, which is likely to be a quarterback, and that team needs a quarterback. Uh, make sure I say this correctly because I don't want to say that the team wrong. This uh, BFB League Honcho has Purdy, Dalton, Ryan, and Corral. No real quarterbacks of note there. Wow. Uh, I don't know if any of them start this year. That could be brutal. So that could be a trade where they need to move up and get a QB. And then they're again, Jacobs, I think, like you said before, has some potential for, you know, one or two good years. It helps you in your running back room big time. And then you also, again, add that 24 first, which gives you a chip that you can use for something down the road. Um, also, anytime you're doing these kind of trades, you're adding a 24 first. Um, yes, you're adding a trade chip that you can move, but it also allows you to pivot back into rebuild. If you're starting the season, 0 and four, uh, it kind of gives you a sense of like, well, let's see how this goes. If we go 0 and four and we don't know how our team's looking, then I'm diving fully into the 24 draft. I've already got two picks. Let me go get some more on the flip side. If you go four and and you just start dominating cause you've got great quarterbacks and you know, knock on wood, nobody gets hurt. You now got 24 chips that you can move to another team. That, yeah, I do that too. Uh, but you might need to be able to trade that 24 first to another team that is looking to rebuild. So I think this gives you some of that flexibility you're looking for. I will say this too. I mean, again, outside of the running backs, you've got a really good skeleton here. Um, I think the general thesis that we're all kind of hitting on is that 103 is a quarterback. You've already got three solid quarterbacks. If you count Lance and Love as five starting quarterbacks, you could even make a move where you, you know, as soon as Rodgers gets traded, trade Love away and get a running back. Uh, you could make a move where you trade Love and Lance for Jonathan Taylor or something. Like find the right Ooh, offer there. Yes. I don't mind getting rid of those two backups, younger upsides, all this. They're not most likely, and again, God forbid, not seeing your lineup. Go get a running back that will see your lineup. You have to start two in this league. You can't sit out and not have a running back. So those are the kind of general moves I would make on this team. I think, again, those trades you made before, terrific. You're doing a great job. Keep going. Um, And again, thank you so much for submitting your league. Anyone else that's listening, we're pretty much caught up on these. So if you have a league that you're curious about uh, heading into free agency in the draft and want to know what to do, go ahead and submit it. We've got it pinned. I know it's on mine. I know it's on the junkies, I believe, too. Uh, you can always send us a DM if you need the link to the uh, the find me a trade submission. Ho- hopefully, Jorge, you submit one of yours. I know we were talking about it I before. Will. Feel free. I mean, we love talking about our guest teams on this too, especially when they're not on because it's not really fair. Um, but definitely send us one of your teams if you have some, you know, a crazy one. I know there's a an 18 team league. I think that you guys are in. Yes. <laughs> Thick, thick, thick as Thieves League. I know Jeff Bell's running that one. So that could be an interesting discussion to see kind of what options are there in 18 team leagues. Uh, oh always looking goodness. at different options. So I guess with that, was there anything else you wanted to mention about this team or have we pretty much said what we need to say? You know, uh, I wanted to add one thing. You, I love your thought on uh, Jonathan Taylor because I think he's a depressed asset. I think some, I think people will wrongfully They'd be like, hey, you know what? Uh, all of a sudden, he's injury prone. He he let me down last season. Let's let let's go get something for him. And it's a sprained ankle. He'll have a normal off season. He's also gonna he's also gonna be going into his contract year. So you know, I'm he's another Saquon type from last year. So love that, love that. And we talked a little bit about Jonathan Taylor, but I mean, even in February ADP, he's running back two. I mean, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Again, behind Bijan, the 101 now of all running backs, but we still don't know what Bijan's going to do. And if the running back two is going under the radar and you can get him for cheap, why not? Like, what are we doing here? Like, let's not overthink this. I, I agree. I think Taylor's going to come back big this year. 
Uh, and we talked about it already, but I think that that's someone I would try to target in a team like this. You need a stud running back. And once you get that, your team locks in a little better. I also would like to see some more receiver depth. We didn't really talk much about receivers for this team, Zane. Hopefully that's all mm. right. Um, but I think that there's a lot of those kind of trades. I would say address your running back room first. Try to get some 24s to give you options. You don't need to start a lineup right now. And that's kind of where we're going with this. I think you need a running back, and now might be a good time to try to buy them because everybody's sort of out on them right now. Um, but if you can get someone who's locked and loaded, your team gets a ton better just with one trade or two. So, yeah, you're you're definitely contending this year, and I think keep us posted. Let's put it that way. Keep us posted on how this goes. Well, all right. Well, Jorge, we'll get you out of here. I know we've gone a little long. We're almost at the 90-minute mark. That's kind of what we do here. But uh, appreciate you coming on. Again, let everybody know where they can find you, and then we'll, we'll get you out of here today. Oh, first off, me amigo, thank you, thank you. This, I, I've been following the junkies for a long time, and you get, and I mean, just big hugs from here to here to there. Can't wait, can't wait for Canton again. By the way, I just realized I'm wearing I'm wearing the shirt from last oh, year. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Check it out on YouTube if you're listening online. That's right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But no, thank you for having me. No, this is this was awesome, and I, I appreciate I appreciate the invite. I look forward to doing it again. But uh, again, yeah, just get, keep an eye out for my content on Twitter, and if, if you guys give us a like on YouTube over at uh, Familia FFB, just got a lot of content, and right now i'm trying to keep it pretty evergreen just finished actually you mentioned jeff bell jeff bell and uh christian williams and kevin coleman we hit and actually amigo bull mcbrayer we hit each of the position groups for the for uh the coming upcoming draft we went through about 10 players deep on every position oh, so nice. um so a lot of great stuff on there that like i'm trying to keep everything as evergreen as possible between now and training camp so, so that people can really, you know, refer back to things, um, and all throughout the off season. So I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you so much. Entirely my pleasure, my friend. Again, it was great to meet you at the expo. I look forward to meeting you there again this year. Uh, but let's get us all out of here tonight. So thank you again, if you're listening on your podcast device on your iPod or whatever you've got these days, thank you so much for tuning in. I uh, didn't really have anybody in the chat today, which is perfectly fine. I know everybody's busy. But again, check us out on YouTube. You can follow us at Dynasty, or sorry, on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. Follow us on YouTube at DAP Network. I know we're on there on the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, uh, at DAP underscore network on uh, on Twitter. Definitely follow, follow us there. We uh, go live and we tweet it out all the time. Uh, make sure you rate and review. We always say that. Always submit more FMATs. We need more Find Me at Trades. Again, Jorge, you're going to be next. Well, maybe, uh, but we'll definitely get you on there. But anyone else that's listening, this is a great time of year to make a trade. And sometimes you might be stuck or just kind of in a stale league. Please submit your league. We'll be glad to look into it. Uh, anything else you have, any complaints, please direct them to Scott, who had a snowfall and couldn't make it, or Rocky, who's not on the show. But with that, finally, Junkies out.